All right, guys, this is another crossover episode of Locked On Falcons and Locked On Bengals. I'm Aaron Freeman, joined by host of Locked On Bengals, James Rapine. And we're going to be talking about this Falcons-Bengals Week 4 matchup on today's podcast. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily podcast on the Atlanta Falcons, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge, right? The, it, both uh, both teams desperately need a win, and both teams pretty injured, so I can't wait to discuss it. Yes, we're going to get into that. This episode is sponsored by MyBookie.ag. We'll be talking about that later in the show. But uh, let's introduce myself to the Lockdown Bengals listeners because I, with, you know, I, I'm Aaron Freeman. Been covering the Falcons for many years at Falcons.com, on Twitter at Falcons, and of course I'm the host of Locked On Falcons. James, what? Tell the people about yourself. Yeah, I, I cover the Bengals for uh, ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati. I also host Locked On Bengals, and uh, I've been doing it for heck. This is our third season, so it's uh, it's come full circle. Hopefully, this is the first year they make the playoffs while I'm hosting Locked On Bengals because right now I'm the the bad luck you know I, I was the the one that broke the the five-year playoff streak so hopefully that goes away but yeah I, uh i'm the host of the locked on Bengals. well it's funny because like the i got <laughs> joined locked on falcons like right before in the midst of the falcon super bowl run so it was like right after thanksgiving that year so it felt like oh this this is our lucky break and everything's going right and of course everybody knows uh, how that worked out, not in, in sort of the Falcons' favor, but uh. the, the the good news is, and at the, I guess not good news, but misery loves company. Bengals fans are familiar with heartbreak. Yes, yes, so I know it, that. It is, know it that. is, a, it is okay. Especially '88 Super Bowl, uh, Joe Montana did something similar. Um, not, not, not maybe a twenty-eight to three comeback, but yeah, Joe Montana got him. So, yeah. um, Bengals fans certainly feel your pain. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> so, James, let's jump into this matchup. Let's talk about uh, the Falcons' offense versus the Cincinnati Bengals' defense, and this is going to be a fun matchup. We talked about this during the summer when I had you on, yeah. and sort of this is sort of the premier matchup. Fortunately, the Falcons aren't as beat up on their offensive side of the ball as they are on the defensive side of the ball. So. This is pretty much them going to be presumably at full strength. They, there is an injury to Devontae Freeman. Uh, Andy, left guard Andy Levitri is out for the season, which is not necessarily a great thing when you have Geno Atkins coming to town. But um, <laughs> this is going to be a fun matchup, and I think this is going to be, if the Bengals can sort of slow down the Falcons' offense, uh, then this will be a, a certainly a very winnable game for Cincinnati. The Falcons are sort of in such a mode, given all the injuries on the defensive side of the ball, that they've basically been in this mode where they're going to have to outscore all their opponents. And fortunately for them, you know, there is building confidence in Steve Sarkeesian. That was a big question mark going into the season with sort of whether or not he would rebound off there a lackluster 2017, his first year with the team. Uh, but these last two games, the Falcons offense has sort of come alive and there's, you know, hope that they can find ways to sort of, you know, at home against the Bengals can sort of make it three for three and get the hat trick and, and put up another 30, possibly 40 burger <laughs> based off of last week's defensive performance. But we'll see. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think Bengals fans are, are nervous for to, to witness what that could potentially happen to this Bengals defense. They don't have Vontez perfect. They lost a, a key piece on the defensive line last week to a torn ACL and Ryan Glasgow, who's a second year player who's really coming into his own and, and started to make an impact Preston Brown, I, I expect him to come back at linebacker. 
Um, but yeah, I think it's it's this is a very dangerous offense and one that the Bengals defense is, is going to fear and should fear. Um, one of the matchups that, that I would love to happen, we talked about it when I was on your podcast during the summer, is William Jackson just shadowing and following around Julio Jones. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think William Jackson's going to be on one side. I think Dre Kirkpatrick, who's teammates with Julio Jones at Alabama, is going to be on the other side. And going into Sunday, Dre Kirkpatrick is the second most targeted cornerback in the NFL. So if that tells me anything, an offense that has Calvin Ridley, who's fresh off of a breakout game, an offense that has Mohamed Sanu, who Bengals fans are very familiar with, and then obviously Julio Jones, who the world's familiar with, this is going to be a tough one. And whoever's uh, Drake, whoever Drake Kirkpatrick's guarding, I expect Matt Ryan and the Falcons offense, Steve Sarkeesian, uh, to go after him and attack him because that's what opposing offenses have done so far this season. So uh, I think the key for the Bengals' defense, the one thing they have to do is find a way to get pressure on Matt Ryan. Uh, you know firsthand how different that Atlanta team is at home in a dome. They're very fast. They, they got speed on both sides of the ball, but specifically on offense. So they got to get pressure on Matt Ryan. And if Devontae Freeman plays, if he doesn't, they can't get gashed in the run game. They gave up 230 yards rushing to Cam Newton and the the Panthers last week. And even though this won't be the run pass option offense, Christian McCaffrey going for 184 yards, that's unacceptable. So they're going to have to clean that up. And I think they're going to have to get pressure on Matt Ryan to have any chance uh, honestly, to have any chance to win against the Falcons. Yeah, I think you you hit all the points. Uh, you know, the Falcons, the last couple of games, we've seen some big performances from Calvin Ridley in large part because the Falcons have been doing exactly what you talked about, which is targeting the lesser corner. They did that against Carolina with Dante Jackson. They did that this past week with the Saints where they uh, put P.J. Williams in opposite Marshawn Lattimore, and they really, you know, sort of, you know, Calvin Ridley just – eight against P.J. Williams to a large extent and to a lesser extent Dante Jackson. And I think they'll do the same thing with Drake or Patrick. But, you know, mentioning at the top of saying that the Falcons are going to have to get into a shootout with this in this game and, and put up as many points as possible, I think they will have that opportunity. But I do think, uh, unlike last week where they really struggled to run the football against the New Orleans Saints, I think they're really going to have to lean a little bit more heavily on, on their running game and be a little bit more balanced. You mentioned how the Bengals struggled last week uh, to stop the Panthers running game, and I think a lot of that had probably had to do with the absence of Preston Brown. So if they get him back, I think that'll be a big boost uh, for that uh, unit there. But I do think because of the Cincinnati Bengals defensive line and their ability to get pressure with Carl Lawson and Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap, the Falcons don't want to get into these obvious third and longs passing situations where the Bengals are going to be pinning their ears back and getting after them because there's just simply not the Falcons offensive line, while good, is not good enough to hold up against that type of pressure that those guys can bring. And so I think if they can run the football and get into some third and manageable situations and stay on schedule offensively and then be able to dial up the big plays down the field against a guy like Drake or Patrick, then I think this is going to be a game that really certainly plays to the Falcons' favor this week. Yeah, I, I agree. I, and that's why um, two keys. One, you got to stop the run, obviously. And then you got to make it uncomfortable on Ryan. I, I do agree with you, though. If you're the Falcons, if you're dropping Matt Ryan back 50 times in a shootout, I think the Bengals' pass rush is going to get there. Um, and, and I think they're going to get there a lot. They, they, they haven't had a huge breakout game. They got the Joe Flacco a lot a couple weeks back. But overall, it's not like they've had a seven-sack game or anything like that. I, I think that could change. And I, I know the Falcons' offensive line is at least competent. 
Um, but but the, the pass rushers that the Bengals have, I think they're waiting for a breakout. You mentioned Geno Atkins at the top. I expect him to have a, a big week. I think Carlos Dunlap is as good as there is uh, on the edge or one of the top 10, I'd say, edge rushers in the league. And then, and then Carl Lawson, who's been a little underwhelming at times this year, uh, had eight uh, sacks last season, and he's a second-year player who was expecting to break out. I think he'll probably get his first sack on Sunday. He's going to certainly need to, to get things going if this Bengals defense is going to hold up its end of the bargain. Uh, one thing, one key thing that I, I think that the, the Bengals defense has struggled with, and I know coaches are stressing this week, Aaron, is third down. They haven't been able to get off the field on third down. At one point, the Panthers were four of six on third down. They're the, the worst third down team uh, in the NFL going uh, into Sunday's game. So that, that's something that they're going to have to find a way to dig down against a really good Atlanta Falcons offense against those weapons and find a way to make a play. Uh, I mentioned Dre Kirkpatrick. I, I think the key for him, and he's gotten his hands on, on multiple balls this year, he hasn't brought any of them in. I think he probably has four or five drops. He's got to haul in a couple interceptions. I mean, if you're going to give up yards, that's fine. Cornerbacks do that. But you got to bring the ball in. And, and that's one thing I think I know Dre's looking for is his first interception of the year after, really, he should probably have three or four uh, at this stage of the season with, with how many drops he's had. I, I really think he's had five in three weeks which is unacceptable if you're you're a cornerback. So he'll look to clean that up, and the Bengals are going to try to get as much uh, pressure on Matt Ryan because if they don't, going into Atlanta, if you let that offense get going, that that's dangerous. I mean, they, they could put 21 up real quick, and all of a sudden this could be a, a very upsided, uh, one upside, uh, uphill battle uh, for this Bengals team. Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, we'll come back in a bit and talk about the Bengals offense going against the Falcons defense. Locked On NFL is becoming everyone's favorite daily national NFL podcast. Each week you have a number of great guests joining host Matt Williamson to discuss all things NFL. On Monday, it's the local experts on the biggest stories of the week. Tuesdays, you get former NFL quarterback Sage Rosenfels. Wednesdays, it's Mike Renner of Pro Football Focus. Thursday, you get the great Mike Sando of ESPN. And Friday, make sure you tune in to get Matt's picks of the week. That's Locked On NFL Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, if you listen to this podcast, you know I have most of the answers, but not quite all the answers. And those answers that I do not have often are who is going to win this week. But if you guys have those answers, then you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. And that's why I always tell people to go to my bookie. Trust me, they're the best bet you'll make this season. They've been in business for years. They have great reviews online, and their mobile site is very easy to use. They have in-game live betting over and under on fantasy points scored in the most rewarding player perks in the business my bookie is slammed with new betters and wants to help you out by giving you a $25 free play if you deposit $100 or more after 7 p.m eastern use the promo code locked on 25 to activate that offer visit my bookie today that's m-y-b-o-o-k-i-e and don't forget that promo code locked on 25 to get that extra $25 after you deposit after 7 p.m it's up to you guys, but I definitely would wait after dinner and take that extra money. You play, you win, you get paid. 
So, James, let's talk about, uh, you know, the flip side of this and the matchups with the Bengals offense. I'll give you the floor to talk about what you think the Bengals need to do in order to uh, take care of business this week. Make sure that A.J. Green is healthy and close to 100 <laughs> percent. That's the first thing. He he got injured on on Sunday and, and missed the second half, virtually the entire second half against the Panthers. And at first they called it a groin injury. Then they called it a, a hip I'm not exactly sure what it was. Um, I, I also heard it was it was just bruising. So he might just have a bruised tailbone. And, and at one point they thought it was a, a groin injury just by the way things felt, um, you know, the, the way they were, they were testing him and, do, and doing different things on the sideline. But if they don't have A.J. Green, I don't know how they put up the points in a shootout. I get it. You know, the Falcons secondary is banged up and they're missing a couple starting safeties. But outside of Green... Joe Mixon's not going to play this week. I'll break the news now. I just I've talked to too many people down there that say that that's not going to happen. Uh, they're they just don't have the weapons. They don't have the firepower. Tyler Boyd isn't scaring the Falcons secondary, even though he's had a good couple of games here and a really good start to the 2018 season. He's a compliment. He, he's the second guy. He's Andy Dalton's safety net on third down, but but he's not going to be a game breaker. He's not going to be the the game changer for this offense without AJ Green on the field. John Ross, it's been the week of whether or not John Ross is going to have an impact at all this year. I mean, he stopped on a couple routes uh, last week, and one led to an Andy Dalton interception, another one. Uh, a lot of people wonder if John Ross should have went up for it and competed harder for it, uh, but he was responsible, at least the way the coaches view it, for, for two interceptions. So I don't know if Andy Dalton trusts him much right now. So if you, you don't trust Ross much, uh, you can't just leave Tyler Boyd out there with with a bunch of weapons that Andy doesn't have so I I think the key to this game is one having AJ Green healthy two establishing the run game and sticking with it Giovanni Bernard's going to be the starting running back Mark Walton's probably going to back him up and and Thomas Rawls will be the third guy at least that's how I uh, think things are going to shake out but uh, Giovanni Bernard averaged five yards a carry last week and the one thing you can do to help your defense against a high-powered offense on the road in that dome so tough is to run the football. So I I think that's key number one for this Bengals offense. Even if AJ Green does play, run the football with Giovanni Bernard, find a way to get him in space, control the clock, win time of possession. And then you got to limit turnovers. Last week, the the Bengals turned the ball over four times. One was at the end of a game, uh, end of the game when it was already decided on a Hail Mary to the end zone, but still four turnovers, not going to cut it. They came in to, they entered week three, plus three in the turnover differential department. It was second in the NFL, minus four last week, puts them in the negative. So the Bengals have to get that corrected because if you turn the ball over on the road in the NFL, you're going to lose. So so I think the in short, in summing it up, A.J. Green's got to be healthy. They're going to have to run the ball. And then whether it's a, a Tyler Boyd or someone else, they're going to have to have someone else make a play outside of Green. If that stuff doesn't happen, it's tough for me to see the Bengals getting the 30 points, which I think is probably the minimum to go to Atlanta and win right now with the way that offense is playing. Yeah, I, th- I think that's basically what the Falcons are hoping. Um, but, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I don't have as much, you know, confidence that the Falcons have enough of their horses on the back end uh, at that linebacker position, at that safety position to really slow down the Bengals offense, particularly how vulnerable they've been these last couple of weeks 
over the middle of the field, and that's where Tyler Boyd, you know, works. That's where Tyler Eifert works. That's where Gio Bernard works. You know, running backs have basically killed them the last two weeks with Kamara and McCaffrey. You know, I don't necessarily think Bernard is quite to that level as a receiver, but he's a very good receiver, and certainly probably will see a big boost to his production this week, given how much zone the Falcons play. Um, but I think, you know, you're right with AJ Green, if he's healthy in this game, he's going to create some problems for the Falcons, uh, particularly when he lines up in the slot right now. I think he's like top three in terms of yards per route run based off of the pro football focus data when he's in the slot. Um, and, and Boyd has been, you know, killing it uh, with his production in the slot. So the Falcons are coming off a couple of games where Brian Poole, their slot corner, hasn't been quite playing up to par. And so that may be a matchup that I think the Bengals might try to exploit. And I think, you know, similar to the Bengals defense, I think the Falcons best way of controlling that is by getting pressure on Andy Dalton. You mentioned the turnovers. I felt like some of those interceptions were not necessarily Dalton's fault, but you know, the pocket was a little muddy and you know, the ball, the pass was a little bit off target and and maybe the receiver didn't necessarily make the great play on the ball. But I think one of the things I've noticed about Dalton over the years is I think, you know, if you can get pressure on him, he his you know, effectiveness as a quarterback goes down, which is generally the case in the league. So I'm not necessarily saying something that's particularly profound by saying that, but I think it, it tends to affect him a little bit more than say your, uh, you know, typical top tier quarterback and whatnot. So I think that's going to be a big question for this Falcons defense because they did not get any pressure at all on Drew Brees last week. And a lot of that may have done due to with the absence of Tack McKinley, who's, you know, questionable this week with a groin injury. And if they get him back, I think that will be a big boost for this Falcons pass rush because right now it's basically their pass rush has consisted primarily of just him and Grady Jarrett and Grady Jarrett, a big reason why they struggled so much against New Orleans is Grady Jarrett was played his worst game of the season this past week. And I think he's going to have opportunities going up against a uh, relatively softer Bengals interior with Trey Hopkins and Alex Redman uh, in that interior. Uh, I think Hopkins, you know, I think the Bengals interior offensive line held their own against a, a formidable Panthers interior this past week on relatively speaking. Um, but I also think the Falcons are going to need to get a big gay day from Vic Beasley, who's been relatively quiet basically ever since he had that monster year in 2016. has just basically been an afterthought. And he's going to get a matchup against Bobby Hart, who, you know, was the backup to Eric Flowers in New York. So that sort of tells you <laughs> that, you know, what his yeah. skill level is. And I think if Beasley can't dominate Bobby Hart in this game, then, you know, I, you know, it's kind of the nail in the coffin for sort of Vic Beasley ever regaining that 2016 form in my eye. So I think even if Tack is out, the Falcons are going to need big games from Beasley, big games from Jared. I think they'll have some opportunities to do so. And they, they really need to see this defensive line sort of assert their will and, and stop the run and get after Andy Dalton to just give this back seven some relief and take some pressure off of how much youth and inexperience they have at linebacker and at safety. Yeah, I, I think you make a, a really good point when it comes to that pass rush. I mean, if, if they get after Andy, especially early, um, let, let's say, and this is a worst-case scenario, and Bengals fans right now are cringing or will cringe when I say this, but let's say they get down 7 nothing or 14 nothing, and A.J. Green isn't playing. Well, now the crowd's loud, and now the pass rush is, is likely getting to you. And you might have some communication issues with some of your wide receivers. I mean, it, it will be a, a tough ask. So, so I think one of the, the key things I, I mentioned running the ball, it's that offensive line early establishing 
yeah, it's Bobby Hart, but he's different than he was in New York. And he's been okay, I'd say, so far this year. I think the offensive line overall has been okay. It's still a concern. Um, it certainly still has its flaws, uh, its flaws just in general. Uh, but they've been better, I think, um, certainly better than they were a, a year ago and, and two years ago. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's always a concern when you, you have Bobby Hart as a starter on your team. So, yeah, if I'm the Falcons, I would attack him and, and really try to test him and, and see what happens there. Uh, Cordy Glenn struggled at, at times last week as well, which is a little surprising on that left side. So he'll look to rebound. Um, but, but yeah, it's something that, that Bengals fans are all too often uh, talking about and discussing and are used to hearing now. It's the Bengals offensive line. Can it hold up? And yeah, that, that's a, that's another concern. But to me, it, the, the key for that offensive line, and it can do itself a favor by early on in, in the first quarter, opening up some run, ga- opening up some holes in the run game. If it can do that, then the Bengals will likely not be down fourteen nothing. They'll be able to keep their uh, the, the Falcons' offense off the field and kind of dictate the tempo a bit. That's something they did against the Ravens very well when they jumped up. 21 nothing uh, a couple weeks ago on Thursday night and 28 to 7 they were controlling the tempo they were the aggressor they were controlling the pace and i think that's something the falcons certainly want to do especially in their building so so the key to to take that away i think we talked about how getting to Matt Ryan would be the key and that that defensive line for the bengal's finally unleashing i think on offense it might be run 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 and run some more even if aj green does play because he probably won't be 100% and then after you establish the run, then try to exploit the, the Falcon secondary, try to go after those safeties that obviously uh, weren't starters to start the season. So so I think that probably will be the game plan. And you mentioned it, Giovanni Bernard in the past game, all for it. I'm all about it. I think Mark Walton, the rookie, can also help in the past game. He's quick and shifty. And I, I still think uh, that, that there's got to be some way, some use for John Ross. they got to find a way to get him going. It's a dome. He should be faster there. <laughs> it, you know, it just seems mm-hmm. like players play faster in a dome. Find a way to get him going against that secondary that's given up a lot of points, right? So so find a way to, to even if it's a couple plays, um, he brings a, a unique skill set. He certainly flashed it in the preseason against Buffalo week three, and uh, they need to find a way to get him going. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think you mentioned, you know, Joe Mixon, if they had Joe Mixon healthy this game, I think you would feel a lot more confident going into sure. this game that the, the Bengals could basically play that type of game and sort of dictate the pace of this game. And I think that's a big loss. But Gio Bernard is, has always been a very good player when he's gotten opportunities to play. So I think that would be something, you know, that he can sort of establish this week. And you're right with John Ross. Uh, he has been quiet this year, but the Falcons don't quite have the speed on defense that they once did when they had a healthy Deion Jones, when they had a healthy Keanu Neal. And so one of the interesting wrinkles I'll be curious to see if the Bengals try is not necessarily just, you know, throw that deep post to John Ross and see if he can get behind the defense and, and take the top off. But, you know, maybe use some use him on some end arounds and some screens and whatnot and see if they can sort of get his speed uh, in space and, and sort of test uh, you know, some of the limitations of, of the Falcons in the middle of the field and whatnot. So uh, they have, I think they have some versatile weapons. I think, you know, they, they have an opportunity to really attack certain areas of this Falcons defense that are vulnerable, particularly in the middle of the field. Um, and you're right. If, if AJ Green is healthy and playing well, then it, that becomes significantly easier to do because you can sort of 
you know, run things through him and then sort of let the other trickle out to the other players like Eifert, like Boyd, like Ross, et cetera. Um, so it'll be an interesting sort of chess match to see how the, the Bengals handle it. But I think you're right in terms of how the Falcons want to play it. They want to get up big and, and basically force the Bengals to play a certain style of football that they may not be 100% comfortable playing. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree there. Let, let me ask you one question. Who's, uh, who's playing safety? right now for the Falcons who's in there and, and how have they fared what give us a, a scouting report on who's in at safety now well with Ricardo Allen out and Keanu Neal out those you know replacing Ricardo Allen free safety is Demonte Casey who had a very impressive preseason um he's you know ball hawking guys he's fast uh he'll fly around he'll hit people uh, as he as you saw if he when he delivered that uh questionable hit on Cam Newton a couple of weeks ago uh, that he got fined yeah. for um, but he, you know, he's probably the strength of this group just because of, we've seen him play at a relatively high level, but he's mostly untested as a starter. He's been mostly effective, more coming off the bench in, in situational use and sort of seeing him for an extended period of time still is a question mark for him, uh, given where he is and this will be his second start. Um, but I think, you know, at strong safety is, is really where the question mark is. And right now the Falcons are slated to have Jordan Richards, who they traded for at the start of the year to really help out on special teams. But due to the injuries has been thrust into a starting role at this point. And, you know, Richards is a, basically a career backup that's a special teamer. And, you know, I, he's been getting a lot of grief from Falcon fans and whatnot uh, due to his struggles because he's an obvious weakness uh, on that defense. Uh, I think his play has been reasonable given sort of what relatively low expectations I guess he like he's the inverse of Bobby Hart where it's like he's been fine when you consider when you factor in that he's Bobby Hart I I think Jordan Richards (laughs) has been basically the same sort of way he's fine when you factor in that he's not going to play at a starting caliber level and I think that's going to be an interesting thing to sort of see if if the Bengals can get guys like Eifert split out wide and and whether or not the Falcons are going to trust a guy like Richards to go out there and cover him or are they going to put a guy like Devondre Campbell, who's good at covering tight ends out there, but then that creates, a, you know, maybe a potential vulnerability uh, up the middle of the defense just because their linebacker play with Duke Riley and Foye Olakun, you know, Campbell's their best linebacker at this point with Jones out. So there are some vulnerabilities that the Bengals can sort of move pieces around and, and maybe potentially exploit and attack the Falcons, particularly in that middle of the defense. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they do it. I, I will say I've been impressed with Bill Lazor, the, the Bengals offensive coordinator in his new playbook. And they're going to have to figure out something, especially if A.J. Green isn't playing. Now, of course, since I have him here, I got to plug Locked on Bengals podcast with host James Rapine. If you guys want to get the latest on the Cincinnati Bengals. But I also want to plug Locked on Steelers podcast with host Tony Serino. If you guys want to get a head start on next week's Falcons matchup against the Steelers in week five, check out both podcasts, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day don't you guys love a night out and maybe you want to go out there and see your favorite band maybe you want to head to the theater or be there in person for the next falcons home game cheering on in the crowd and now you can with vivid seats you can attend any concert show or sporting event of your choice at a great price vivid seats is the top source for all live events you want to go to you can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more to save you guys even more money. 
Just go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use that promo code Locked On for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download that app, enter that promo code Locked On, and get $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. So uh, let's talk about some of these big matchups and and sort of maybe one key matchup to focus on about where you think the this game, you know, not to say this matchup will decide the game, but, you know, this matchup may, you know, be, I guess, indicative of maybe the outcome of this game. Yeah, I, I mean, there's, there's plenty of matchups that, that I think um, are, are huge. I think that the biggest one and the thing I worry about the most is that Bengals secondary against that, those Falcons wide receivers uh, because they're going to be home. They're going to be comfortable. They're obviously confident after what happened last week. I think Mohamed Sanu, anytime you play a former team, you're going to want to put on a show. Obviously, Julio Jones can put on a show against anyone in the world. And Calvin Ridley's confidence is probably sky high right now. So I think that those Bengals corners um, in the secondary, Jesse Bates, the rookie who's played well so far uh, in his rookie season, and uh, Sean Williams, the other safety, I think that's the key. Um, I think the Bengals will be better at the run. I, I think that they'll probably have gotten crushed all week for not being able to defend the run the way they had hoped to against the Panthers. But are they going to be able to, on third and eight, get off the field? On third and six, Matt Ryan drops back. Will the the cornerbacks be able to stick with Calvin Ridley? Will Drake Kirkpatrick be able to haul in an interception or make a play? I think that's probably going to be the key in this game. Um, And if they're able to do that and maybe hold the Falcons to, let's say, 27 points, you know, instead of 30, which is still 27 is a lot of points. I'm I'm setting uh, a pretty high bar, but but then I think that gives them a chance. But if they can't, if they can't get off the field on third down, I think a big part of it will be, uh, the secondary just not being able to hold its own uh, against a really, really talented receiver core for the Falcons. And then, obviously, also Austin Hooper uh, is a guy that, that could certainly make plays as well in the passing game, and, and usually a linebacker's on him. So uh, I, w- I would say that the coverage of the Bengals is key in primarily that secondary against the Falcons. Yeah, I, I think, you know, for me, it, it, it is sort of the Falcons' defensive line going up against this Bengals' offensive line. I, I know that a lot of this game the outcome of this game will rest on the Falcons offense doing their thing as you mentioned um and and making this you know making this into a a shootout a lopsided sort of shootout but I I do think if the Falcons defense can sort of regain a little bit of confidence after uh you know some lackluster performances the last couple of weeks particularly last week uh if they can sort of you know, control the line of scrimmage going up against a Bengals offensive line that you're right is better than it has been because it has been an absolute dumpster fire at times in the last couple of years, and it doesn't look quite that bad, but certainly is still what I think most people would consider to be a weakness of this team and something that if you're a, a competent to good uh, defensive line, you should be able to take advantage of and exploit. And I think that's really where the Falcons want that their defensive line to be on that level because they're going to need it in upcoming games against teams like Pittsburgh and teams like Tampa Bay that, you know, seem to be, you know, offenses that have better offensive line play and have been putting up a lot of points as of late. And so 
if this Falcon team is going to slow down those types of offense, this game right here against Cincinnati is a confidence booster. So I'm definitely going to be keyed on Vic Beasley versus Bobby Hart. I'm going to be keyed on Grady Jarrett versus Hopkins and Redmond. And, and if Tack does play, I, I do expect him to, you know, make have some opportunities to to show up Cordy Glenn and whatnot. So I think this is a, a critical game for this defensive line to at least regain some confidence uh, going into some, you know, potentially tougher matchups upcoming. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. Go ahead, go ahead. Aaron. I was just going to ask you: do, do you all that being said, do you have a final prediction before we duck out of here? Yeah, I, I I'm going with the Falcons. I, I think you're talking about a, a Bengals offense that that will be without Joe Mixon, will be with an AJ Green who's less than a hundred percent. A very tough place to play in Atlanta, uh, an Atlanta team uh, that, that certainly needs a win. They want to defend their their home turf obviously and they're just much better at home and I know most teams are but I just think that that's a what one of the better home field advantages in the NFL I think Matt Ryan plays different there and I just I think when the game's on the line that Falcons offense is going to be able to make a play I think it'll be somewhere in the realm of, of 30 to 24 where, where it's close ish but it's never really totally in doubt um, and, and maybe maybe it's you know thirty to twenty or something in that range, but I, I just think it's it's going to be close ish for for half the game or three quarters of the game, but it's never going to really fill in doubt for the home team. And Atlanta finds a way uh, to get the win, and the Bengals drop the two and two. Yeah, I think I think I want to see this. You know, I would like to see this final score be something like forty to you know twenty something or whatever with the Falcons in favor. <laughs> just you know, just to say, like we we went out there and we played the game that we needed to play. Uh, but I do think you know, while I expect the Falcons to win this game, I I don't necessarily feel like it's going to be this monster monster shootout at this time. Um, I just think there's still some skepticism with me with Sarkeesian whether or not he can. Sp- uh, string together three games in a row of, of good play calling and whatnot. So I'm not as sort of as confident that the, the offense is going to put up another 30 burger, another 40 burger this week, but I do expect them to win. I'm going to go with the Falcons in a win, something like 27 to 24. I think it will be close as Falcon games always seem to be. Um, but uh, I think the Falcons will find a way to overcome in the end. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's just the, their home field advantage is, is too good, especially for a team. If, if they had, and that's the thing. If the Bengals had Joe Mixon and they had Vontez Perfect and, and A.J. Green was 100%, maybe you could convince me. But nothing I've seen from the Bengals, especially last week, is enough to convince me that they're going to be able to overcome all of that and pull off this this win in Atlanta, which is tough any time. So uh, I think that uh, the Bengals dropped it 2-2. Two two. I'm with you. All right. Well, the Falcons, hopefully, from my perspective, will move the team to. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, my hope is that we'll be two even teams, I guess. Uh, yeah. Here's my hope that, that at the end of the year, we both end up in Atlanta. How about that? Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm all for that. There you go. <laughs> Sounds good. We, we could do a locked on crossover Super Bowl edition. Oh, yeah. That would be fun. That would be fun. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> um, well, you know, that's where we're going to end it today, guys. And I appreciate everybody for tuning in for another crossover episode. Looking forward to this upcoming game. And for those of you that want to catch up and, and stay tuned to all things Falcons on Twitter, I'm at Falcfans, of course. Subscribe and tune into the Lockdown Falcons podcast. We'll be here the rest of the week giving us thoughts on Falcons pass rush and Falcons defense and how they overcome injuries and how they attack this Bengals defense and whatnot. So definitely check that out on Lockdown Falcons. I appreciate it. All right, man. Thanks, Aaron. Talk to you later, man.
All right. See you. Bye. So, guys, that there you have it. That's our show. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I'm trying to think of what else I can say. You know, we'll be back tomorrow with something, uh, probably a Q&A. So if you want to send in your questions, send them to foulfans.com. If it's podcast related, just let me know in the tweet. However, if it is podcast related, just go ahead and send in the Lockdown Falcons. That's the show's Twitter handle. Of course, if you prefer other social media platforms like Facebook, we're Lockdown Falcons there. Give us a like while you're there. If you don't like social media, some people don't. Yeah, you can still send an email. That's lockedonfalcons at mail.com. And that's the email address. And of course, you can leave a comment at falcfans.com where the podcast is posted daily. So uh, we, we're going to have a Q&A later this week. We'll probably have a fan talk as well. Um, I haven't, dis- again, you know, one of those will be Thursday. One of those will be Friday. So send in your questions. If it, you know, if it's tomorrow, then you'll hear them tomorrow. If if it's Friday, you'll hear them Friday. So just send those questions in as soon as possible. And the other day we'll do a fan talk, and I'm sure we'll talk quite a bit about Jordan Richards and Duke Riley and all the sort of things that, you know, no offense, that fans like to complain about uh, when it comes to the Atlanta Falcons and, you know, people questioning Dan Quinn's coaching decisions, which, like, I get it, but at the same time, I'm like, pump the brakes, guys. Like, it's not that serious. (laughs) But we'll talk about that in the future, you know, over the next two days. So uh, get you ready for this week four game. Until then. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.